0: Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Netch on Live 95. Now, I know that listeners hate hearing what I'm about to say, but if the chat we have on the air is half as entertaining as the chat we've just had off the air, uh, you're in for a bit of a treat. Um, I want to uh, talk now to Limerick man, Kevin Quaid. And uh, Kevin is uh, living in Cork. So good time, good time for that to be the case. Uh, He's done an awful lot in his life, uh, but he was diagnosed with what's known as Lewy Body Dementia. He's written two books about his experiences and no better person himself than to tell the story. Kevin, good morning to you. And I think we'll start at the end of what you were just saying there before uh, you came on. And it relates to giving talks on Louis body dementia you know, four years ago. T- tell me about that and what you used to say and where you are now. Yeah, well, uh, right now I'm at the home of Hurling isn't it a great place to be. Eh? Wonderful. Isn't it? <laughs> Coming from and, Col- you've, and you've good connections as well
1: to Hurling, don't Come you? Coming from County Cork this morning. I am, uh, uh, Nicky will be a second cousin of mine. Nicky our uh, Tommy and Joe. Our first cousins of mine, so it's uh, important contributors to hurling over the years at county um, level. They're un- they're unreal. They're absolutely unreal. It's it's great to be part of the family. But um... tell me about the talks. Four years ago, I was only thinking about it coming down this morning. Four years ago, I said that uh, I probably wouldn't see my sixtieth birthday, and the ninth of September, I'll uh, I'll be sixty. So I'm still in my fifties technically. I know none of us can ever predict when we're going to die or anything like that, but the way my disease was progressing, um, it was progressing at an alarming rate. And I genuinely didn't think that I would. But um, you've got to fight. You, 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 you can't let these things take over. And I think you have to begin at the beginning. And the beginning is to get an early diagnosis and to get a proper diagnosis because there is no such thing as dementia or there is no such thing as a touch of dementia. And what I mean by that is, if you are a loved one has been told that they have dementia or they have a touch of dementia, imagine the scenario if you went into a doctor's office and they said you've cancer or a touch of cancer. Would you leave it like that? No way. It is an umbrella term for 400 different types. So you have got to know the type. You have got to know the stage. And then, like a cancer, you can put a plan in place. And the earlier you get diagnosed, the better. And I, I have met down through my advocacy work so many people and they're saying, oh my God, I have a, a, an appointment with my consultant next week and I can't sleep at night, worry over it. If you go in at 11 o'clock and you come out at half 11 and you've been diagnosed with Lewy body dementia, you're still the same person as you were when you went in at 11. It's just not what was keeping you awake at night. There's a name on it. Now, what did you notice initially? Initially, and I'm going back to when I was 45, um, I was hospitalised with severe blood, severe blood pressure problems. It was high, it was low, they just couldn't get a check on it. I think I was in hospital for nearly three weeks. And they eventually got a handle on my blood pressure, even though I'm on blood pressure tablets today. Um, I was under severe, severe stress. You know, we are a stress in life, but you can go at the extreme on it. and I, was, I think I might have been in the extreme on it. But there's other little warning signs, like say someone that has suffered from constipation and the a call, the fiber gel, none of them are working. Then that's a red flag immediately. What is causing the underlying problem when the medication isn't working? So I had those three things. Um I was beginning to get a fear in my life. A fear of the unknown. And I didn't know what I was afraid of. But there was just all these little bits and pieces building up. So I went to my neurologist. I was in—we were in Australia. I came back in um, just over eight years ago.
0: Because you worked in radio, some radio out there.
1: I did. Yeah. Um, there was another radio show on a Sunday morning, and I met Barry Mack, and he said, "Would I come in some Sunday morning and just do the sports?" And over a period of the time, I don't know, I grew on Barry, but I became co-host of it every Sunday morning. It was fun. It's absolutely fabulous, especially with the Irish community out there too. Was it Sydney? Even in, in, in Sydney, yeah, in Sydney. Uh, we, were there for, we were there for five years. We had a great life. And there was actually a doctor in Sydney when I was in hospital that said to me, when you go back to Ireland, will you get yourself checked out for early onset um, Parkinson's or Alzheimer's? no. I wouldn't have taken much notice of him, but I had an uncle Dave who had passed away in America from Alzheimer's. So I knew there was something in it. And my neurologist in Cork, when I met her, she did a lumbar puncture and that showed that I had Parkinson's, but she wasn't happy. Now she wasn't saying an awful lot to me, but she knew there was there was more. So I was sent for a PET scan, I was sent for a lot of different scans. And I was eventually sent for a thing called a death scan. It's, it's capital D, small a, capital T. And that came back positive, she said, for Louis by dementia. Now, I didn't hear the word Louie. I didn't hear the word body. I had dementia. And I said, you're wrong. There is nothing wrong with my memory. I was like so many people out there that thought dementia equals Alzheimer's equals memory loss. But why was I wrong. Like, as I said, dementia, is, it's just an umbrella term for 400 different types. But when I got a handle on it, and she was as surprised as I was, so that's where the writing of the books came in. I was keeping um, a journal for her. Uh, or every six weeks I'd go and see her, and her team of doctors were very interested in what I was writing. And one of them said to me, one day they're lo- lovely people, one of them said to me, one day, would you uh, consider writing a book? and I said hang on a second I'm supposed to be doing with dementia I don't like writing I don't like reading <laughs> you know? I was, I didn't like school and now they're asking me to write a book and I found it bugged me for three months four months November, December I said I'd make a New Year's resolution in January I'll try a bit of writing and um, I'll do 500 words a day the first day I wrote 1500 words there was one day I wrote 8,000. And I got a love of writing. And I am at it ever since. And like my second book, and I'm on my third. I write for a few newspapers. I've written for magazines all over the world. Every one of us have that hidden ability inside us. And that if you're diagnosed early in time, it just means you come to a crossroads in your life. And so you were supposed to go right, but you are going left. And uh, Kevin, um, were you able
0: to hold down a job after the diagnosis? Or, or how radically did your life change?
1: It changed pretty much immediately. Um, when I was diagnosed with Parkinson's, I kind of knew the game was up. And I used to drive all the time. But when I was diagnosed with Louis body dementia I had noticed actually that my spatial awareness was not what it should be so I haven't been able to drive in what, going on eight years now, It's definitely seven years and I haven't been able to work I wouldn't have the energy levels for work so that side of my life changed totally but I swapped it for, I became an advocate for the people who have any type of dementia um, I like got very involved with the Alzheimer's Society of Ireland who were brilliant to me absolutely brilliant to me and we're about to launch Louis Body Ireland.
0: Because so, just very briefly explain Louis Body dementia specifically.
1: Um, it's so different to Alzheimer's in that your memory is intact for most 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 of the time for most people. There's between six and a half and ten thousand people in Ireland with the disease, and the reason people are afraid to come out and talk about it is if I sit in front of you today and you're to guess what's wrong with me, the very last thing you'll say is, dementia, we can talk about whatever you like all day. And I'd probably have a better memory than you have.
0: Which seems more than that. I mean, I'm looking at you here and now, and I wouldn't have a a, a notion that there
1: is something like that. Yeah. The biggest problems with it are actually at night. And a lot of people with Lewy body dementia I suffer from hallucinations but not as bad as some people at at the later stages. I think for me the worst part are the nightmares. They're horrific. I mean, I can wake at night and I'm literally hunched in a ball crying. I want to know my name. I want to know who's next to me. I want to know where I'm living. And it might take it might take a while to come back to the dream but the dreams are as real as I'm sitting here with you today and, the, and that's the that's the frightening thing about it and, I, and that's regular yeah it's it's I get <laughs> I often say to Helena my wife uh, what hell am I going to tonight when I'm going to bed and I suffer from this thing called rim sleep behavior disorder in that um, when you go to bed your muscles are paralysed but mine don't so I'd be, I'm acting up my dreams in bed, but I suppose lucky enough I have sleep apnea as well, and I have the I have the full face mask and the machine. So when I'm swinging and moving in the bed, the hose will pull me back, and it will bring me back. And I, I think you're wait, the very yeah. first person I've ever heard say, "Luckily, I have sleep apnea." Yeah, 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 and luckily I have Parkinson's because if I didn't have Parkinson's, my Louis body dementia wouldn't be classed a disability. When you're under the age of sixty-five, but that's a whole that's <laughs> that's a whole other story.
0: <laughs> and yet I mean you you have a a cane there beside yeah. you, a stick, but you said you could walk to Newcastle West and you've recently done the Camino.
1: Yeah. And five years ago I was on a walking frame and they did it up my house for a wheelchair, but I was on nineteen different medications. And I was taken into hospital and I met a wonderful doctor inside who took me off of 13 and the 19 medications. The medications weren't helping me live, they were helping me to die slowly. I'm on two medications for my Lewy bodies. I'm on one, the Nisipel for for um, the hallucinations, and I'm on the Rivetrol, which helps reduce the severity of my nightmares. Now for God's sake, no one should go on or go off medication without seeking proper medical advice. But when I came off of all the... I was an antidepressants. you name it. When I came off of all of them, I got rid of the walking frame. And I got a walking stick. And my walking got better and better and better. And um, about 12 months ago, I was asked, to you know, would I do uh, Camino? And I said, you do know that I have a walking stick? And we'd got a special, a special dispensation to do 40 kilometres instead of 100. So it was about 10 kilometres over four days. And I did most of it, but the last day was almost seven kilometres. And they said, look, there's a car, walk as far as you can. And I said, no, I'm starting. and I'm finishing this today. And I don't care what happens. And they said, it's raining, you need to put on a court. I said, no, this is the way it's going to be. I'm doing it my way, I'm doing it today. And by God I did it and I was a proud man.
0: And you and your new tattoo are going to become <laughs> Netflix stars, Kevin Quaid.
1: Um yeah, that did seven of us, uh, eight of us with different dimensions from all over the world, do um do the Camino. And there's a documentary coming out called Walking the Talk, but then what they wanted to do was they filmed, came to my house and filmed me and my local community. I live in Kent Horkin Cork, and they're a fabulous community. They can't huddle, but they're a fabulous community. <laughs> and um, they wanted to see what my home life was like. And you see, that's why my second book is called I'm Kevin, not Louis. Because when I go out at night, when I go out for a cup of coffee, or when I go out for a few pints, I'm Kevin Quaid. I'm not Kevin Quaid with Louis Biodementia. I'm Kevin Quaid. And when your community knows that you have dementia and that you can manage and that you will ask for help, they'll surround you. That's right, you're you're not as isolated then. The complete opposite. All all your community that know you, they become your carers involuntarily. Because most people, in general, want to help, don't they? Once they understand. Of course they do, of course they do. But they, they need to understand, and they need to understand that you're okay. And it's okay not to be okay. My life is aimed at helping people be less afraid. Mm. It's a horrible bloody thing. I wish I didn't have it. You know, and I get emotional about it. Of course, but I have it, and all I want to do is be a voice for the people that have it and the people that are listening today. Don't be afraid of it. Get on top of it. So, so your two books:
0: Louis Body, Dementia Survival, and Me. Uh, then, I think, the very aptly named, as you said, I am Kevin, not Louis, from uh, the author of the original book, uh, Kevin Quaid. Now, I happened to see recently, I don't know, I went down one of these YouTube <laughs> sort of... you know the way you're going to call it? Um, the, the late, great Robin Williams. And somewhere in, in online, there is his first ever appearance on the famous Johnny Carson television show in uh, the U.S., and it is remarkable. I mean, it reminds you so much of the incredible mind, the unbelievable talent, the comic timing that he had. What's your
1: connection to Robin Williams? Um, It's funny, I, I was a, I was a daughter at his work, and um, he was way ahead of his time. And with all his money and everything that he had, they didn't have the facilities... To diagnose him, and if you ever watched the film *Robin's Wish*, he actually said, "Do I have some form of dementia?" And they said no. And I was on a radio program a couple of years ago, and Tyler Norwood, who he actually has a poem written in my book, directed the film *Robin's Wish*. We were asked to bring our favorite song and our favorite poem, and so I knew no poetry. So (laughs) I wrote a poem in my my favorite songs was um, Joe Dolan and Goodbye Venus and I spoke to Tyler and Susan Williams his wife has bought her my books and I'm in touch with her through her PA pretty often and we meet next week but she wrote an article for a journal in America called The Terrorists Inside My Husband's Brain and she really nailed it like he didn't I hate I hate when people say. it commit suicide, he didn't he died by suicide and the reason he died by suicide was you see, Louis Wydermynch could not be diagnosed until after he died, they had a fair idea but his post-mortem showed that he was absolutely destroyed in it so he, look at the relief it was to his family to say ok, it was suicide but the reason behind it was he had Louis dementia and that is some relief. So, Who did you say you were meeting next week? Just, uh, not next week. Oh, um, later on the year, I'm meeting um,
0: Susan, his wife. Robin. And, and there's a poem, and, and she has that poem, did you
1: say, in her kitchen? Or? Yeah, actually, the cover of the book, Conley, the guy that um, designed the cover of the book, on the back, there's a picture of Robin Williams... He's a famous Nigerian artist and he presented it to Robin when uh, after or to Susan, sorry, after Robin dying. And he designed my book. But when Tyler Norwood heard my poem, he asked me, but I sent it to him to give it to Susan. And uh, she has it um, sitting next to his portrait, which it means, it means a hell of a love to in, me. In, in our home. Yeah. Um,
0: Sarah Kylie says Kevin's an incredible man. The pleasure of meeting him and his lovely wife a few years ago in a debate on dying with dignity. He spoke so well then too. It's great to hear an inspirational story and the hope that he gives to so many people. And best wishes, Kevin. And Tony says morning. Uh, Kevin gave a talk to my company a few years ago. He's an inspiration. My dad has advanced dementia and what he told me helped me understand what my dad was going through. And Liam and Anne Shine have been in touch to say, great to hear Kevin Quaid on the radio wishing you every good wish for the future and just some of the examples there. So this poem then, I know it's in uh, one of your books as well, that uh, you've written and um, Robin Williams' wife has it beside
1: the portrait of Robin in her home. Okay, um, this is for the six and a half to... 10,000 people in Ireland that have this horrible disease. Uh, Bear with me. But I try and get through it, but it's called Kevin, Louis and Robin by Kevin Quaid. Kevin knew Robin. Robin didn't know Kevin. Kevin made hundreds laugh. Robin made millions laugh. Laughter and good humour hid the pain that Louis was causing again and again. Robin was in pain but didn't know why. Kevin's pain was relentless to the point he would cry. Robin searched for answers, but couldn't find him. Kevin's search brought him Louis, but he didn't let it define him. Louis was the cause of the pain. Louis was the cause of the the fear, while draining us of our good cheer. Louis was the reason Kevin and Robin hated the night. Louis was the reason Kevin and Robin were consumed with fright. Louis will make you think you are going mad and make you forget the good times that you had. Louis will hide and drive you insane. Louis can cause you the world of pain. Louis is sneaky, menacing and unfair. Louis by dementia just doesn't care. Louis took Robin without Robin knowing. Louis tries to take Kevin, but Kevin's not for going. Many a battle, he said with Louis. Some are won, some are lost. The end result is that it will cost your body, your mind, and even your life unless you fight with all your might. Louis Bayer dementia is a horrible disease. It must be stopped and brought to its knees. So join me in the fight. Bring it out to the light. Get rid of the stigma. And let's fight in plain sight.
0: You mentioned you have a big birthday coming up in September. One, by your own admission, you thought you'd never see. Um, what are you doing for it?
1: Um, we're having a little party in Mallow. <laughs> Maybe a bit more than the little one. Uh, yeah. I the friends and family. I'm quite sure to be well represented by the Quaids. Um for me, it's a massive milestone because, as I said a number of years ago, I didn't think I'd make it. But I know none of us can predict whom we'll go. But I thought, you know, if I go at the end of this journey, well, if I get 57, 58 out of it, and here I am today, and um, I'm going nowhere.
0: You're a proud Limerick man. You're living in Cork. The party is in Mallow. You're connected to the Quades Any chance you bring Liam McCarthy down and show it to the Cork people? Uh,
1: I probably will. I might try and have it there on the night. <laughs> uh, privilege to meet you. Uh ah, pleasure. Thanks pleasure. for Thank that, you so much. and I, I think it will really help people. Um, if if i may, if some yeah. if someone is in real trouble with any kind of dementia, contact the Alzheimer's Society. If I'm the helpline on one eight hundred three four one three four one. It's private. It's confidential. You know, if just 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 talk about it and. I will be back to you later in the year when we launch Lugibody Ireland. We look forward to it. Kevin Quaid, thank you so much for coming in this morning. I yes, sir.
0: Your views, your news, your Limerick today with Joe Nash
1: on Live 95.